Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking Sheep Podcast. I am Brett Nobles, and oh yeah, we're coming at you. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Brett back again with the big man himself, Big Brandon. What's up, big dog? What's happening, buddy? Man, um, we don't have a topic. We don't have a topic. Um, that's okay though. I feel like most of our episodes have been without a topic. We had a title, and then we got there, and we're like, "Hello!" Slap you in the face or whatever. Just kind of yeah, let's go a completely different direction. Yeah. Um, so, how's life, my man? What's up? Uh, any trips on the horizon? I know you're 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 a wanderer. Um, we're visiting some friends in Memphis. At the end you're walking of the in Memphis again. Walking in. Oh, sorry. Long story. No. The only version of that song I want to talk about is the share version of that song. Oh, my God. It's share. It's nothing. I'm a Long Star fan. You know, my dad really, like, unironically loved share. I remember this. Love. Like, you'd be in the gym and it would be like, do you believe? I remember moving and it would be like the most, like, share music. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I want to listen to while we're moving heavy boxes. Do you believe in love? Oh no! Like he and blast. he's over smiling. Dude, like, he blasted in the gym, this big, like hulking, three hundred and fifty pound man, like crazy. Uh, yeah, so we're doing um, we're doing Memphis at the end of the month just to see some friends. Like we're not going up for anything. We're literally just staying with some friends and hanging out. Um, shout out to our Memphis family, who's really great to us. We're gonna go, we're gonna go to church while we're up there. Come on! Um, during the summer, I'm gonna. I'm taking vacation that week after we get back from Memphis. I'm going to do my 1K in a day, which is riding 1,000 miles on a motorcycle in 24 hours. Um, I'm going to ride Mobile to Lookout Mountain, Lookout Mountain to Memphis via Huntsville, and then Memphis home. And it'll be from my house, door, door-to-door, my house to my house. It's uh, 1,021 miles. Wow, man. So I'm going to leave Mobile. You're going to have some photos, right? Of course. Drop the photos, and uh, we'll share them on the, the Instaham, Instagram, whatever um, that thing's called. And uh, we'll keep up with the Nomad as he travels and wanders. Here I go again. Here I go again. Um, um, Chattanooga in September. For The friends we're going to stay with in Memphis are getting married in September. So Okay. In Chattanooga, so I'm going to go up and ride mountains and hang out. Beyond that, nothing much. What about y'all? Y'all got vacations planned this year? What you is, guys just did Disney, right? What is a vacation? Um, yeah, we did Disney back into the year. Um, it was a great trip. Expensive as all get out, dude. Always. Like the mouse is rich, has to be. Um, He's an extortionist. <laughs> uh, no, I have to go do some big boy OSHA training uh, to become an OSHA special government employee. Okay. In June, and uh, where's prob- that? Well. It's either going to be in Branson, Missouri, or South Bend, Indiana. Oh, I'm hoping for Indiana. So, yeah, me and Morgan really haven't decided. We talked about Branson, but we also talked about uh, Indiana because I got family up that way. You know, could make a double whammy out of it. Um, outside of that, we'll probably do a day at the beach or something with the kids. Spring break time. My Olivia's so mad. My wife Olivia's so mad because last year we didn't do any beach time. She's like, dude, we moved back to the coast for a reason. We're going beach. Well, I'm not a beach guy, so. We go and like walk around the outlet, go play putt putt, you know, enjoy the sun, but like not necessarily. I don't know. This is crowds, bro. I'm not big on people. Have you done OWA yet? No. We, we, where we stay at is the hotel right outside of OWA. Yeah. And 
we walk there, right? Like, it's beautiful. We go there and eat the food and do all like the. We don't do the amusement rides because I don't mm-hmm. do rides, but it's like the downtown Oa you, thing. Yeah, you, you enjoy. We enjoy that. that yeah, we that's wanna, one of our favorite parts. We want to go do that um, in one of the coming weekends or whatever. It's just we want to spend more time outside. Yeah, no right. doubt, dude. Before the rainy season gets here in, uh, in and July, it, and it, you mean from now to July? <laughs> July no. to July to October, it's just wet. Yeah, it's just uh, rain, rain, go away. Hey, we we recorded earlier today, and it was like flooding outside. Yeah, and outside of ninety mile an hour winds, and it was like now yeah, concrete now, outside's dry now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Welcome to Mobile, Alabama, folks. Rainiest city in America. Yeah, suck it, Seattle. <laughs> um, maybe not politically correct. We're sorry, Seattle. We love you. If you listen to the Talking Sheet podcast in Seattle, we love you. I doubt we have anybody in Seattle. I would like to know who the most random listener. How far it's gotten? Yeah. Um. So let's pull up some numbers real quick. Uh, take away chit chat for a minute. So I've got a buddy of mine that owns a um, he owns a clothing line out of uh, Foley. Uh, it's motorcycle clothing, and um, you know it's he's building his brand, and it's it's called Emerald Coast Motorcycle Culture. Anybody's in plug it, right there. Plug for Love it. Shout it. out to, to Zach Shavers, who's also a musician locally. Um, hell of a dude. Um, but he, we, I was, I asked him, I was like, what's the, the furthest you sent anything? And he was like, London. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. He's like, we've had somebody from England order some Emerald Coast merch. And I was like, dude, that's rad. And he's like, he's like, I've hit all four corners of the country. Um, I've done California, Washington, um, uh, Massachusetts and Florida. He's like, I haven't had Alaska yet. I was like, I'm going to go to Alaska and order something. That's awesome, bro. So uh, we record using the Anchor app. Um, I know there's plenty more out there. I, I'm i not very tech savvy. Like, I'm still using the iPad and the first mic that I bought because I keep trying to advance and get better mics, but nothing seems to work with the iPad. And I'm just a cheap stickler when it comes to sticking to what I've got paid for, right? Sure. Um, but according to Anchor, uh, we've had... 1,334 plays. Okay. Moving uh, toward 1,500. Yeah, an average of 27 plays per episode. We're on episode uh, 26, 27. Um, an average size of 36 people listening a week. But I do know, according to Spotify, I have 55 followers of the podcast. Um, the first episode being the, the most listened to, right? It's the first one people run to, Terry and I. Um see how many yet 131 listens to that one episode okay so um but like i said we uh we peaked at like 29 listens a day so 29 people listen or 29 episodes got played that day Dude. um and i know some people are a week or two i'll get random text right yeah um november 5th with you and terry the recap of my parents death um i get a lot of text messages about that one i get a lot of you know, messages on Facebook. Hey, man, I just listened to this episode. Wow. And it's like, oh, okay. It dropped a week ago. Yeah, Alicia, and Alicia texted me about it. Did she? Yeah, so you see, people are, are, are reaching out, and that's cool. I love feedback. I love when people comment on the Spotify. Um, trying to, trying, I don't do so well on the social media page. Um, I share stuff, but it's like, eh, I don't know what it does, to be honest, because I'm cheap. I'm not going to pay to promote anything. Like, I'll share personally, and that's it. When Olivia's done with your new logo. Yes. She's done. Shout out to Olivia. Um, Brandon's wife, Olivia, does some graphic design work. Um, Classically trained artist. Yeah, like traditional, not like 
me the fraud who makes everything on Canva um, to where everybody else can use it as well. And my thing was, people was like, dude, we need a sticker or we need a hat or we need a shirt or we need some merch. And I love that idea, right? I love designing and doing yeah. stuff like that um, and just trying to come up with something unique, peculiar, different, authentic. Um, so I remember I talked with you and I was like, bro, you think Olivia could get us a better sheep? Like I love our sheep we use now because we are the talkest sheep, but I want something that no one else has. I want to be, you want a unique brand. Yeah. So if I'm going to start branding something, let's do it. Right. Um, so when she finishes that up, she's a, she works. We're, we're going to definitely push some stickers, some hats, some t-shirts. You know, we got Jesus in a box. Don't put Jesus in the box. Nobody puts Jesus in the corner. Wait, and, that's the wrong thing. Yeah, and uh, well, yeah, because he's like, what corner? It's like, whoa, where'd the corner go? <laughs> I imagine like Morgan Freeman from Bruce Almighty. How many fingers do I have? Ten. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> um, but Olivia worked. She did social media coordination for a long time, so. Yeah, She'd man. She'd help so you figure that that'll out. Be, that'll be out. where we're going. And um, I'm not going to say it's a slow burn, but I mean, hey, we've got 1,300 listens dropping about an average of one or two episodes a week, doing our thing um, here at the Talk of Sheep, right? Um, I don't think any episode has been cookie cutter. It hasn't been the same. Even when I've tried to mimic, like, doing the mojo moments, they're so different. Um, there's no there's no set way of doing it, like, because nobody's going to answer it the same way. And if it's me or if it's Terry or whatever, like, we're going to side quest dude, just like that. And Like, when I brought John Murph on as a guest. Yeah. I really expect to talk music because he's a musician. He's a musician, and he's got this history of music. And then me and him's talked before. I know he goes deep, so I'm like, my first question was like, let's open this door, right? Let's see what we can get. Yeah. Uh, the whole Jesus Revolution movie, yeah, that's out. People were loving it, you know. Um, like to hear your thoughts on the Asbury revival that took place, right? Still mm-hmm. taking place, you know. College kids go have a church service, and they never stop. And to me, I remember the first three or four days, I was like, okay. And there's a lot of history there. Um, yeah. And there's plenty of opinions on social media, right? Everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. It's like buttholes. Everybody's got one. It, it, yours might stink, but it's there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I say that with all love. Like, I love to hear your opinion, but I also know where mine is. Right. Just like everybody else in the totally. world who has opinions of... Um, God moving, revival, or... I I love the fact that we went from people crying about Sam Smith and his demonic whatever he did. First off, if you were watching the Grammys, that's part of your problem. You watched the Grammys. I I didn't even know they still broadcast the Grammys. Let's just be real. There's so much, especially with stuff like that, where your Disney episode really summed it up. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. Put your head in the sand like an ostrich and hope nobody else is around you, right? Well, it's it, we've come back to this a couple of times. If Sam Smith offends you, why? Well, he's not acting like a Christian. Sam Smith a Christian? Has <laughs> he ever said he was? Yeah. If no, then why are you expecting him to do act the, like do the, a Christian? Do the Grammys support what you support? If the answer's no. Oh, well, they had Maverick City on there. Okay, well, does Maverick City What was support? Maverick City singing about? Who oh. was Maverick City singing about? Yeah. And, I, I, and I'm not... I wasn't familiar with that situation until you, you brought it up to me and I had to read into it, but... This is going to be one of my deep dives of the day, man. I hate this modern, and it's not a generational thing because you see it across generations. Um, it's a cultural phenomenon of outrage for outrage's sake. Who how can dare be, you? How dare you not dare? How, yeah, you know, and it's it's 
it's a race to see who can be the most outraged about it. Because here's the thing is like, as my granddad would always say, if you're going to get mad, you study on it. And if it's worth getting mad about, you get good and mad. Go get good and mad okay, about that's it. That's right. But you can't get good and mad about everything. You have to to pick your battles here. Like, and if you step on every anthill before you get to the mountain, yeah, you might not make it to the mountain. You might not make it. To the <laughs> yeah, you're going to be so covered in ant bites that you're probably going to die of shock. Um, <laughs> I just got a mental image of that poor guy. But I mean, it's it's just. I imagine being bathed in calamine lotion from the waist down. <laughs> Why is he pink? <laughs> what's, he, what's the bathtub green? We're just soaking him in aloe at this point. <laughs> That's all we can do. But I, I think... Yeah. But yeah, man, tell me tell me your thoughts on this, uh, this move. Like, I love it, right? As a believer, I, I love it. I think... Um, I think the, the spirit moves in mysterious ways. I think... Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've studied on it. Yeah. I think it's an interesting phenomenon that's happening, but I've got a job and I've got hobbies. And if it's, who am I to question the authenticity of the spirits moving in another person? Come on. The spirit does not move like that in me because I am not an extroverted revival sort of dude that doesn't mean that i don't think revival is not real that yeah. just means i am a very reserved cautious person yep. when it comes to that yeah and, no, and says, that's why that's why i wanted to ask you because i know um, it's always been that way because even when you've come to church with me it's like hey i don't sing i don't dance i don't i, I do dance i my friend lexi broke that wall down i love dancing with my wife yeah. right but like um but you, I, you think I, dancing before the Lord is something that's there. But it's like is I that, think it's I think if you if you feel pulled to dance before the then Lord, do it. then do it. And that's the one thing, the acceptance of, hey, if you feel like you need to, you know, do the backstroke and run backwards because that's what you feel I, like God Dude, do, do it. Like, if, if that if that glorifies the God, key word you said a few moments ago that was authentic. Yeah. Make the, make sure darn well you're not copying nobody. Well, and also especially with it's a college campus. Emotions are high. If you feel the spirit authentically pulling you, good, great. But search your heart, and are you really feeling the spirit, or are you having an emotional response to stimulus? Um, and I'm not saying that that's what's happening. I'm saying that that's the thought process I would have if I were standing in the room. Do I feel God, or do do I feel... <laughs> spiritual peer pressure right um, do I think it's a magical beautiful thing to see young people worshiping the Lord loudly and boldly absolutely oh yeah I'm down with that there's a thousand one other things in this world that they've been loud and bold about um, and it, it, do I think it's when I go to a bookstore and I see five college age kids having a worship group in the corner I think that's beautiful too I am not here on earth to judge the way the Spirit moves through other people. All I can do is hope that the way it shines through me is, is good, right? That I reflect the light that's been planted. Um, if it's authentic, great. If it's not completely authentic, there are portions of, portions of it 
parts of it that are authentic, and that's great. Because here's the thing is you've been to enough Jesus camps, and I've worked at a couple. Not everybody in the room is having an authentic experience, mm. but there are some people that are. And if one person in that room is having a spiritual revival, that's victory. Right? That, that's victory as far as the Lord is concerned. Um, that's kind of my take on it. What about you? Because you're probably watching the situation closer to me. Bro, I, uh, I, the, the key word authentic, right? Initially, I was like, hey, let's go. I wanted to get in a car and go just see it. Yeah. Um, Christian here at the church actually did, right? He went, he sent me some videos. Uh, I've watched videos. I've actually sat in this very chair in this very room we're recording in and watched it for like two hours one night waiting on our, our men's uh, Bible study, book study. Um, the authentic, I don't want, I don't want to question right. a move of God because again, don't put God in a box. I do love the fact that old heads are like screaming and crying because this is not what we expected. <laughs> and God's like, well, what did you expect? You know who else said that? <laughs> when a carpenter showed up riding a donkey? Hey, it's not what we expected, right? No, um, it's almost like there's a lesson to be learned here, right? Until your discernment and your the Holy Spirit begins to 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 show you how to use that, right? To to move in you that discernment, the understanding, the knowing. Yeah. Pray about it. God is this bringing you glory. Well, first off, if you check your social media. And you have at least ten spirit filled belief friends. You've seen enough about <laughs> for for you to at least get your dose of Jesus for the day. Let's just be somebody got their dose of Jesus. That if not for Asbury revival going on, and it's not just Asbury, right? It's going on all over. I know there's uh, Baylor University and Texas A&M's campus. Yeah, they had to get extra like security force to like patrol because people were praying out in the lawn. <laughs> well, I mean, ha- like it didn't make the news, and that's the thing. I don't. There are places not, in Africa where you're seeing come on, universities right. in Africa as well and, and parts of Europe. So like it's, it's, it's not just Asbury, and that's what it's been marked at the moment, but there's obviously something happening. And as somebody who studied a little bit about revivals in the past, that's great, right? Because this is how it starts, right? This is It's not a tent at the end of the road. No. Like, the revival's going to happen in two weeks. Uh, yeah, we got... Not what's we, got brother, we got brother Brandon here from uh, Sims area. He's got a, a word to share. He's on yeah. No, that's that's the the man made revival where people just get excited and call it something that's not. But no, real revival, the authenticity of it. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think we're we're, we're experiencing. We're starting to see it, dude. I I love God stuff because God stuff happens whether you want it to happen or not. You go, here's my plan, and God like crumples up the paper and then throws it into the trash can. And it's like, okay, cool, I'm not doing any of that, but it's cool that you thought you had a plan. Um, and I think, um, on a personal level at least, I think spiritual revival is a powerful thing. Because I've been there. I think every Christian's been at that like burnout point, and then suddenly the breakthrough happens. And Dude, you know, burnout point. Uh, glad you said that. So we went to a revival. <laughs> We went to a gathering. Okay. It was labeled revival. It, it was good, right? It was a revival for myself. Yeah. Personal revival, right? You learn things. You see things. We went to Lot Road last week, and uh, this pastor, Eric Clark, mm-hmm. me and RJ side by side when the dude said, it, oh, that's good. Take, you know, make a note. That's good. He said, it's better to be, it's better to rust out than to burn out. Because a rust out means you've went through it. 
Right. And I was like, ooh, oh, God. Like, because so many people burn out from what they're doing. Sure. Um, burnout, that burnout point to me is when, all right, I was a Boy Scout, so um, you have to tend the fire, man. You cannot just dump all your firewood into the circle, light a match, and then think it's going to burn all night. So the burnout point is when you've done nothing but fuel the flame, but you haven't been cultivating more fuel. Um, And it's a slow burn. You always want a slow burn. You want a a fire that's going to last the night while you're camping so that you're not eaten by bears, that you aren't devoured by the wilderness, to use, I guess, a spiritual term there. But I think revival is an interesting topic. Um, didn't grow up in church, so I always kind of thought the idea of revival was strange <laughs> to me. Like, it's really weird to me. Um, and that's not me knocking it. That's just me saying that as somebody who didn't grow up in it, it feels weird. To The, the scheduled revival feels really strange to me. Yeah. Kind of like, well, you know, in July we're going to have four weekends straight of revival, and it's like... Uh, what if I feel revival before then? Yeah. Do I still have to show up? Let's uh let's take a quick break and I've got a thought. Man, one thing I think when you were sharing about the six months ahead, let's set up the four week revival. Yeah. Um I'm two, three nights. Call it revival, great, right? You need that that spiritual uplifting. You need that encouragement. You need that moment to say, hey, look, outside of the norm of Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday night's not even a normal anymore. Like, I, you can't even find churches very rarely um, on Sunday night, which I hate. Um, just like, maybe not hate, just like uh, Wednesday night or whenever you have something special going on, but yet then you have, let's do three nights and then it turns into more. Sure. That's that's the power, the spirit led, right? Yeah. But when you come out and say we're going to be in revival for a week and a half, okay, um, or you have the people that have no kids, yeah. and this is the one that grinds my gears a little. They have no kids. They have minimum responsibility. They set up uh, meetings. They set up. Let's get together and do this and that. Let's pray. Let's do Bible study. That's great. And then they want to be like, well, where were you? I had life. Raising my family. You know, that's my first responsibility. Like, although I have my relationship with with Christ and, you know, my prayer time and reading my word and staying devout as possible, somehow or another I have to take care of my kids and my family. Oh, well, we missed you on insert whenever it was, right? And it's like, that's great, but where was you at when Sunday morning rolled around? Right. Well, I think... There's this weird disparity in the church about like what is and isn't kingdom work. And for a father to say, yeah, I missed the men's supper on Tuesday night because my daughter had a dance recital or, you know, my kid was sick. Like tending to your family is kingdom work. Come on. Right? Being that godly man that stewards your family First, you're the head of your household before you're anything else. And like, just because somebody's not showing up to every meeting, man event, whatever, just because you're not knocking down the doors every time they're unlocked, doesn't mean you're not doing kingdom work. I've always talked about the moral check code. People come to church and there's people that come to church and they're a term called a pew potato. 
Yeah. And they sit on the pew and they're, never a, heard them they're a couch potato, yeah. but in the church, it's a pew potato. Yeah. Um, so you come to church yeah. and that's great. Sure. And I'm glad you're here, right? 100%. There's a thousand other places you could be that's not the church. Um, at least you might hear something that, sure. that sparks a flame, that, that peels back a layer and says, hey, this is love. But the ones who come, and it's really bad because there's a, a group of people. They were right. I was one of them. My mom told me to go to church. She never really pushed the Bible on me hard. She said go to church, which was backwards, right? So it should have been, hey, read your word and go to church. Have a relationship with In this Jesus order. Christ, right? In this order. Like, church is great, but they're going to let you down. They're that person that's going to let you down, and that's going to, um, they're man. It happens. Fallible, flawed, broken things in a fallible, flawed, broken world. Wow, it's amazing how many times you get let down by that. But yet you put all your, your, you know, that's why I love in the songs that I put my faith in Jesus. Well, yes, because that's the only place you can put your faith. Because everything else is going to let you down, I promise. Even as much as I love my wife, even as much as you love your wife, at some time or another, Olivia and Morgan will do something that lets us down. Yeah. Right? They can't And vice it. versa. And vice versa. Probably more on our end. Like, <laughs> no let, doubt. Let's be honest. No um, doubt. But yeah, man. No, um, it makes you wonder, sitting in the room with the 12 apostles, how often Jesus was like, these flawed, broken things are really letting me down here. Um, I Well, he's always like, we're running out of time. Yeah. Clock's ticking. Straw in here. Yeah. Um, Son of man won't be here much longer. Son of man won't be here much longer. And it's like, I know for 15, 20 pages in the Gospels, the Son of Man won't be here much longer. And he's probably thinking, instead of going with these flawed, flawed men, Son of Man won't be here much longer. I'm going home, baby. Like, no, man, I think it's something that um, when you start to, you get in that where you make the moral check while you're here. Oh, I made the appearance at church. I I love people when they come to church and they get involved. Right, I've been involved in ministry my all my adult life, all but two or three years. Where I kind of, I'm not gonna say it ran from it, but I was I was hurt by people. You were so checked out. Yeah, I was here. Um, but Terry Crews, uh, in his book, uh, I think it's like How to Be a Better Man or Just Love One. Um, Terry Crews is a very interesting dude, but he uses this analogy for the gym making it part of your day, he says, just get up and go. Even if all you do is walk in the door, sit down on, on a bike for 20 minutes, read a magazine and leave. If you do it for 30 days, you'll make a habit, right? So get up and go to church as a pew potato yeah. for thirty for, for a month, two yeah. months. But you can't stay there. No. Just like we talked about in the last podcast, once you get there, you can't stay in despair. So once you get to church, I tried when I went to St. Pat's in Memphis, man, I tried, I was like, I'm going to sit on the back row. And then suddenly like my... Church family was like, yeah, we don't do that. And if you want to be here. Let's just say, um, when you go, I know not every church, right? Right. Um, the church should make it easily accessible to be plugged in to the body. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to jump through hoops. No, you have to make yourself available. Right? Sure. I'm not saying it's all on the church because guess what? When you have church that's 30, 40, 50, 60 members plus, that's 30, 40, 50, 60 members plus that. You know, it's not just... You, and that's the thing when you go into it with this unique mindset. And I've spoke to some new believers. And it's like, 
the first six, seven weeks of my walk with Christ, it was about me. And then I realized it was about we. Yeah. Like, when my heart began to actually turn back over, it was like, whoa. This whole time, I'm just putting, it's me, 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 me. But it's really, the more I sort of focus about we, me started to fall in line. You know, and I, I really love seeing that moment that that happens. Um, I know that there was, for my wife and for the people at our church in Memphis, that there was a... Um, a level of relief when that trepidation kind of left me when I would get asked to do things or, Hey, do you want to come down? Absolutely. I do. Um, but I think that that, it, that happens in stages and it happens differently for everyone. Um, but I do think that there's a weird misconception of what is and isn't kingdom work. Right. You relate for church. I was, because I saw an old lady stop, broke down the side of the road with a flat tire. So I stopped and changed her tire. I think that's kingdom work. I think helping others is kingdom work. Outside of the four walls, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the, there's a church, a uh, Christian, that introduced some people from up in Tennessee. It's called Church Without Walls. I love that name, Church Without Walls. It's like Doctors Without Borders, but it's a church. Yeah. Okay. Right? I mean, it's, it's, and that's truly, um, what it's about, the church outside, right? I do think the church inside needs to be ready, needs to be right, because outside, right? And that's the, I think I asked, uh, when we talked about the revival, go back to it, um, so night and day, night and day, you read about these great awakenings, and some are nonstop, and some of them are like, hey, look, we're meeting back here from 7 until whenever we go to bed at night. Yeah. Um, is there a church in our community that's ready to go two weeks nonstop, 24-7? No. You don't have the staff. You don't have the people that could laugh. And I mean, even if you do, I mean... Just logistically, it's a nightmare. So, when the church quits beating itself up between one another because of denomination, right? And that's the one thing I love about, and I've talked about it on here before, Pastor RJ and Pastor Leon Bell, one of the previous guests, Pastor Jared Stanford, and then some others I know in the area, you know... uh, Daniel Blaylock and Pastor Kenny Phil and Jim, um, these pastors who visually understand and know it's about the kingdom. Yeah. Not about my church logo. And the one thing that bothers me, and I see it a lot, is the, the social media preachers. Mm. And I have no issue with you sharing the gospel through social media. Zero at all. Powerful tool. But when you, I've made 37 trips to Jerusalem this year. And I've you know helped reach this many lives. That's great. I love it. Who paid for those trips? Was it the church? You get the prosperity guys. I bought my third private jet for church work because God doesn't want me flying coach, baby. He doesn't even want me flying first class. It's bottle service or nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. Some of that, and I try not to speak ill. I know that even when they're not doing what I would deem appropriate that I'm called not to speak ill to whether they're doing that or not, right? So it's like, hey, he's doing God's work, right? And even to people, the whole, uh, I don't want to name drop people, you know what I mean? There's yeah. a there's a well-known prosperity gospel guy out there. He's got a lot of books. He smiles really weird. kind of scares me. Um, my pastor, my mentor told me, he's like, hey, look, you think he's led somebody to Jesus that didn't know Jesus? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Victory. Boom, check. 
Far as like, do, do do you agree with the the way he goes about it? Do you agree that when storms come about, he locks his doors and didn't let people in? No. Did he lead somebody to Jesus Christ? Yes. Well, it's the the concept of, and we've talked about this. The the, the Baptist church I went to in Memphis did a joint initiative with a mosque and a synagogue to build, uh, to rehabilitate homes in low-income communities. And somebody looked at my pastor, Dr. David Breckenridge, and they said, well, I can't believe you're working with Jews and Muslims. Muslims." And Dr. Breckenridge just fired back with, do you think God doesn't use everybody? Do you think that because this house that was built for a poor person was built by Jewish or Muslim hands that it's not God doing good in the world through people? Because that's an entirely different conversation. That's not, we're not, if if that's the conversation we have to have, then, because all things good come from God. That's that's it. Passes through his hands, right? Um, So you go, man. Yep, you just have that smile, and it's like, I had a conversation with a co-worker, and it really broke my heart, uh, because he was talking about why he does not go to church anymore. And a lot of it, he lives backwoods, right? He's got this uh, preacher man who gets up in his nice suit, and he's talking about how he was sitting in traffic, and I get, I'm not sure what religion, I guess it's Muslim, it was time for him to get out on his rug and pray, right? And they're in like this dead stop traffic. So this dude, car's parked, gets out right outside of his door, kneels down and prays on his rug. And it angered me and I wanted to go beat him up. Wow, that's just like Jesus. Come on, somebody. Rage, rage is not. And it's like, um, do you agree? Are you aligning yourself with the same God he's praying? No. Okay. So on this topic, my father-in-law, who is one of the most godly men I know, he has a lot of respect for um, the way Islam plays into every single facet of their life, right? So think about this. I'm going to ask you this because we live in Mobile, Alabama. You're in a traffic jam on Airport Boulevard. Are you about to get out on the side of the road and praise Jesus in traffic? I've got more common sense. But here's the thing. His faith says we humble ourselves before the Lord. We get down on our knees. It is a symbolic thing, and we're Christians. There's a lot of symbology in our faith and the things we do and the rituals we partake in. I admire anyone who says, my relationship with my Creator is more important than what anyone on this road thinks of me, and it is more important than any of the danger posed to me. This, I have to do this because this is part of it. And no, this is not where I want to be praising my Lord. I'd really rather be in the parking lot here, but it's time to praise the Lord. Yeah. I have to do this. Right. There, there's stuff you can learn from that. that there's, that we you're not away. discarding. It's the study thing, right? I'm going to study at five o'clock. Oh, I'm, it's five Oh three. I guess I'll wait till six. It doesn't work that way. It's the eating healthy. Right. Oh, I missed it. I ate a bowl of Lucky Charms. I guess I'll go ahead and eat a Snicker and a Twinkie at lunch because I'll just start over tomorrow. Yeah, I'll hit the diet tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, it's, I've already it's, missed it. You know, it's Thursday. I'll hit the diet on Monday. One more weekend to be seven like, years later. Four then four hundred pounds later. Um, don't judge me. So, one, I don't think getting angry at 
non-Christians for behaving like non-Christians is a Christian thing. I think about Jesus at the well with this woman who is looked upon, right? Yeah. Um, not the same. And even her, she's like, whoa, you're talking to me? Right. Like, and to me, that's image. You're, you're the king of kings. You're the, yeah. you're oh, yeah, she don't even know this at first. She's just like, hey, you come to get water? Do you not know? Like, draw, draw some water up. No, no, no. Drink from me, right? Thirst no more. It's like, what? And then he calls out. He does the whole uh, mind reader, knowing her her her, her her heart, her heart, knowing the men she's been with. And she's like, how do you know I've got husbands? It's like, are you a prophet? <laughs> I'm not a prophet. I am the prophet. The capital T, capital T. <laughs> but, and it's like, we look at people so different. And that's one thing I have to do better with, right? That's one thing I know. Weakness. Because religion has taught me, oh, well, they're not Christian. So, you know, to hell with them. I... I still feel like I'm a student in most things. Yeah. And so when I interact with somebody who was raised differently than me, whether that's in a city, like some of my friends in Memphis, whether that's somebody who was raised in the church or like you or somebody who, who was raised Muslim or somebody who raised Jewish or, or whatever, Amish. I still feel like... Amish people are Correct. Cool. I still feel like there's a lesson to be learned. There's something, some sort of wisdom I can find in this because, as we said before, like I don't think God deals in chance. I think this person, this experience was put in my life for a reason. Um, I do find it very funny that that person's response was, this Muslim man is praying and it has nothing to do with me. I'm mad about but it. But I'm angry. I'm angry. Urgh. Okay. In Jesus' three years of ministry, right? How many times in the gospel does he walk into a Greek temple and get mad? He doesn't. How many times does he walk into a Roman temple? And if Rome controlled Israel at the time, there are Roman temples for the centurions to pray at. He doesn't. The one time Jesus does get mad in a temple, it's a Jewish temple. It's his temple. Money changers. And Jesus is staying you, in his you, lane, man. You brood of vipers. Right. Well, and even Paul, when he's writing about being modest or whatever, he's talking about... We do it differently than that. And I'm not even telling you to walk into their temple and say, hey, your priests adorn yourselves with fragrance and gold, and maybe you shouldn't. I'm saying... This is how we do it. We do it this way. Yeah. Um, what I must do concerns me. It's uh, worrying about what your neighbor's doing, and that's great, right? Pray for that dude, right? God, reveal yourself to him as the real God. But yet, this dude lost... Pray for this guy, right? Uh, co-worker uh, maybe not a friend maybe acquaintance we're, we're not super close but I heard that story and I was like dang I got angry at Big C Church right because how many people have turned away from the faith because of men in suits like that we went to a um, we went to a women's march in Memphis and Dr. Breckenridge was there and I wasn't even attending his church anymore at this point I said Padre what are you doing here and he was in his robes had his 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 vestments, right? So what are you doing here? And he said, I'm here in case somebody needs a pastor. Yep. He said, because there's a lot of emotions running high. There's a lot of things to be protested. There's a lot of cruelty and injustice in the world. And I can't think of a better place for a pastor to be. He didn't agree with everything that was being said. He didn't agree with everybody that was a speaker. But he was there because he thought somebody, somebody might need a pastor to talk to. I know this guy for. named Jesus who who's a comforter. Who's a healer? Who's I'm, a deliverer? I'm, my heart breaks for the brokenhearted, and that's because it's supposed to. And 
due to the, for the least of these. I right. And I, it, if I see if I'm in traffic on Airport Boulevard, I see a Muslim man get out of his car to pray. I don't go. How dare he worship his God? I go. Lord, give me God, that. let my faith do Come on. that. Let me be hungry for you to praise you like this. Let me get out and say, I am so filled with love for my God that I'm going to stop what I'm doing because this earthly stuff is not important and worshiping you in this moment is important. And I kind of love the ritualistic part of it because I love this idea of like our grandparents, our great-grandparents, like we wake up, we pray. Yeah. Before we go to bed every night, we, I pray with my kids. And then I pray at the edge of my bed. See, one thing about that, um, that hurt, right? And I, I, I tiptoe on uh, with the word ritual, especially, is when you do things over and over like that, it turns into, it's very closer to, it's closer to witchcraft than, than Christianity. And that was one thing, even even to old times, right? We, we pray at 12, we pray at 3, yeah. right? And then, and the enemy knows that. So when you start changing things up, hey, I pray in the morning, for some reason, I wake up like 2 a.m. every morning. I can drink water and go to bed. 4 o'clock, like, yeah, 4 o'clock for me every morning. So I get up, and for the longest, I just pray driving into work, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm so like 15 minutes, I'm in the car headed to work. So it's like, okay, God, I'll pray once I get in the car. Well, then one morning, it was like I didn't pray in the car, and my day went to hell in a handbasket. I'm like, oh, dude, I forgot to pray this morning. Because you start your day the way you want your day to, to go through. And it was like, God reminded me real quickly. It's like, you couldn't. Pray for me while he was, sh- you know, sh- shaking the shampoo out of your hair. Yeah, like, I, we talk all throughout the day, but yet you want to put a time on me because we're really supposed to be ceaseless in prayer. Come on. It's supposed to constantly. And that's the that was the, the realization that was that wake up uh, revelation I got was like, hey, take your thoughts captive. We talked about it last night in men's group, and I was like, okay, well, if my heart is turned to what he wants me to have my heart on. He'll give you the desires. We was talking about how people take the scripture of he'll give you the desires of your heart. Whoa, what a Lamborghini. Well, first off, if the desires of your heart was what he, that he intended them to be and your heart was turned back to him, well, then the you, desires of your heart would be him. Affluence and excess are not going to be Christian themes. No, and people... Um, there is no pastor with any amount of letters or numbers or doctorates behind his name that is ever going to convince me that excess and affluence are Christian goals. Yeah. And I'm not saying that money is evil. I do believe the worship of money, the way it is in modern society, is evil. Good old mammon. (laughs) Um, But I... I don't necessarily shy away from ritual, the word ritual. Because there are a lot of parts of Christianity that are ritualized. Because we inherited it from Judaism, right? The way we take communion, heavily ritualized. Um, Even the way that we're taught to pray. Jesus says, this is the way you do it. So... Our Father, who what, heaven, what I, be that what, I, what I draw away from is this concept of the ritual requires a facilitator, Come on. which is Catholicism. You don't talk to God. You talk to the priest. The priest talks to God for yeah. you. I don't need a middleman. I have a middleman. His name's Jesus. Christ broke this, ripped this veil on Calvary. I got, I've got a direct line. He ripped it from one end to the other and said, here. Here's your access. Right. My blood is the access, right? He, he, you, you need to know your word, his blood. Yeah. And then when you can sit down and write what that means, then then we can talk. <laughs> well, and just going on biblical moments, I don't ever find that fury like that is God-given. Because even when Jesus is affronted, right, when the Romans come to take him, 
and, and you've got people taking up swords and wounding people in the name of God. Good job, God Peter. Good job Peter. Well, God heals the wounded man. The person who's been wounded by the church at this point, physically wounded by the church. Put the, put the sword away. And he looks at his friend and he's like, no more of this. As I'm wearing a shirt that says church hurt. Here's the thing. Jesus doesn't need you to get mad for him. Jesus needs your heart to break for the brokenhearted. He needs your heart to be open to loving people who your worldly, broken, fallible, flawed hearts say aren't worthy of love. Because they are. To Jesus, they are. Yeah. He, he put away the sword, man. Pick yeah. up the pen. Rome. Here's your sword, right? The word is as sharp as a, any two-edged sword. Well, he gave you a sword. Quit using the wrong one. You don't need you don't need a blade, right? You've got a book. You don't need the Excalibur. You don't need no. um, you know, Aragorn's king sword to to hack and slash. Your, your your royalty is not with that blade or that crown. It's with the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and then I'm not in the whole like we're all royalty. No, no, I don't do that. There's one, yeah, King of Kings. You're, you're adopted. You can you can get this right. Right, it's a birthright when you're adopted into it. But when you know the the hierarchy. And I make people mad with this. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And it's like, I think about the affluence thing. Um, I'm not saying Jesus wants you to be a pauper. No. Like, does he want you to live under the bridge? No. But he's saying that to die is to gain. To to to, to be the, the last is to be the first, right? And I love the, the humility when he starts talking about John the Baptist. And they're like, He's the greatest of these, right? This the man, wild man, the wild man eating the locusts, running around. Repent, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Repent, repent. Lord, there's hope for me yet. And then they're like, the wild man, right? I'm the tax collector, and I'm the doctor, and I'm the physician, and I'm the I'm the song. Uh, the, who? <laughs> that, that dude one. eats locusts. Like. <laughs> he's he's over here. Like, yeah, he's he's the greatest, right? Like, because the one who will be last will be first in the kingdom. And it's like, and you know, then there's the parable of the the ones who go out in the fields and they're working in the field, right? And I'm gonna butcher it, but it's okay because it's I'm top of my head. And you go out in the field since seven a.m. and then I show up at nine thirty, and then someone shows up at one, and then somebody shows up at five, and we all get paid the same. And then someone gets butt hurt because. Well, they ain't been out here the whole time. But no, that's not what he's saying. He said, hey, look, you can run this race and you're going to get the same reward. But the thing is, you got to run this race. Well, it's, um, what's the line from the, um, the, teach, the song's called Teaches of a Ronin. It's a, it's a hip-hop song I like. But he says, uh, uh, steady wins the race, though impatience runs it faster. Yeah. I, yeah. I always think about that that particular line. Um, no, and, and it's anybody listening, like, I'm not, I'm not flawless. I'm this not. is, this is Brett and Brandon just bringing you just raw off the hip. Talk about Jesus for a moment, right? We had no topic coming in. The topic's always Jesus, though. Yeah, it comes back, right? Even songs, it's about faith. It's about perseverance. You're going to find something. So, um, this was Brandon and I's way of just, hey, let's throw, throw some, <laughs> Throw some topics against the wall. We'll see what sticks and stands out to us. And like Brandon said, he's not flawless. I'm not flawless. I've got enough issues to, to, to paint this room in here. And it's a big room. There are plenty of things I read in the Bible where Jesus comments on behavior. And I go, Ooh. 
Dude, talking to me. I, I listen to one of my favorite podcasts is Tim Ross, right? Yeah. And Tim Ross um, was hitting this the other day. He was like, "Look, if you listen, it might not have been Tim Ross." Now that I say that, anyways, the the person I was listening to, whoever it was, was talking about how if you've listened to your pastor over a year span and you have not been offended, he's not the pastor for you. I he might he might not even be a pastor. I think as a Christian, if you're not getting in a place where you have tons of questions. If your toes and your ain't being stepped gets on, rocked a little bit. Come on, yeah. Like your toes need to be stepped on because the, if King, not, you're telling me when you read this word that you're spotless, that you're blameless. Not at if all. If this word does yeah. not convict you just a little bit, yeah. And like you said, when I read these things about how to behave, dude, I had this old man at my work. I always talk about people I work with. I love my work. You spend like, a lot of time at work. Yeah, but I've got people like everything I've been through. My work's been supportive. Um. This old man tells me, hey, I read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, talking about the, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, about, I read them once a week. I'm like, what? He said, that's Jesus telling us how we should be. And I, I read that once a week, and I pray, Lord, show me where I failed to where I can do better. And I'm like, oof, because that goes back to in Psalms, where David's like, search me, oh God, show me my 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 inner show me my wicked ways because when we search our own selves we don't go deep enough we always overlook the the hidden elephant in the corner but he's saying hey this is the way you're telling me to live put a spotlight on it put a spotlight on it show me where i can be better this coming week right well we go back to the we go back to the 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 muslim man and and traffic or whatever if your knee-jerk reaction to that anger 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 right is anything other than god flow through me in a real way so that I am compelled to worship you. Yeah. Not that I schedule it, like revival, like we're talking about. Not that I schedule it. Fill me so that the cup runs over in such a way that I can't help but fill others. Amen, man. Um, you got anything else you want to add? Be good. Be good. I'm going to do a, a something new uh, to the Talk of Sheep podcast. I'm going to pray us out of here. Yeah. Why not, right? Um, Father God, we love you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this word. Um, just to share uh, myself and Brandon, just to talk about you. Maybe not to be in sync with every listener. Maybe not to be in sync with one another, Lord God. But as long as we're trying to align ourselves to you and your word, right? To you and your word alone, Lord God. To where you receive the glory. To where our cups are filled up. To where we overflow with what you have for us. That's what really matters, Lord. That we would be slow to anger, Lord God. That we would act the way you you acted, that we would be that representation of Jesus Christ here on this earth to be the image bearers of Christ, Lord, to be the hands and feet of Jesus here on this earth, Lord, as we've been called to do. Lord God, we thank you. We pray that this word goes out, Lord God, that whoever may need to hear might be the first time they hear a little bit about Jesus. Lord God, we'll let it be in a positive light. Lord God, let us be that shining light for you to be the salt and the light of the earth, Lord God, to preserve what you have given in these values, Lord God. Thank you for it, Lord God. Keep your hand upon us as we go about throughout this world, throughout this day, throughout this podcast. Be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am Brett Nobles. I'm Big Brandon. Big Brandon. This is a unique episode. A little different. Uh, 30-minute segment, bro. <laughs> so uh, if you stay this you just, long... You got me riled up and I just went. I'm sorry. Hey, I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Um, if you have enjoyed this episode, hit us up, right? Um, if you want to talk, hit me up. I'll give you the, the direct line. We can talk about this all day long. Um, I'm Brett. He's Brandon. We love you. We love love. Don't put God in a box.
Peace out.